What's up everybody, I'm Rambo, and welcome to Echoes of New Eden. Got an exciting episode for you today. I'll go over a couple things in-game, and I had some reputable FCs in the roundtable chat. And then we'll get into the interview I had with Mama Rex, and we talked about a number of topics. Let's check it out. start things off i am still looking for sponsors that want to sponsor this show this would include running their own very special corp ad on the show so contact me if you'd like to be a sponsor all right in my youtube channel i did start a youtube channel to get these episodes out to a more broad audience i had some issues when i uploaded a couple episodes in the past looks like that's been resolved so i'll work on getting these uh, these shows on YouTube as well. YouTube release may be delayed from the release from the Apple and Spotify episodes just because of the time it takes to make the videos, but I'll get that going again. So Hunger Memes 2.0 is officially over. At the time of this recording, the winners have yet to be announced, so we should be hearing who won in the next day or two. So now let's get on to the game news. So checking out announcements, this one was posted on 7.15. They provided some more details on the Concord Pass Shop Rebate Awards. Um, as mentioned in the patch notes, they uh, discussed who's eligible, uh, when they can receive the rewards, uh, how many Concord credits that they spent, Concord Pass Shop close. It appears that the Pass Shop is part of Season 1, and will last until July 27th. After that, all Season 1 items in the shop will be replaced by Season 2 items, such as the Thermo Magnetic Storm Core 2, Monsoon Core 2, and Breeze Core 2. Um, they did name some differences between the Thermo Magnetic Storm Core 2 and its predecessor. Um, they added bonuses are based on specific ship weapon systems and uh, avoided overly broad bonuses. For example, turret bonus has now become more specific. They talked about some upgrading. Will the system take back nanocores on the list? And that is a no. Players can continue to use these nanocores and keep them as souvenirs or reprocess them into training materials. So uh, they were appreciative of the first version of the Concord Pass, and I'm sure we'll have many to come. And with those Concord credits that you earned in that, I believe they do roll over into the next Concord Pass event that they have. So you'll be able to use those. Those aren't, those aren't going anywhere. So in the patch notes, the last patch notes was 713. Um, on July 14th, they updated the game. They optimized the Concord Pass shop's end date to be extended till July 26th. Um, after that, they will have new Concord Pass missions and rewards listed. They fixed a couple bugs, fixed an issue that would cause the game to freeze when using the time-locked materials to upgrade nanocores, and fixed an issue where Corporation Omega page could not be accessed. So in player support news, they did just have a question about the Concord Pass interface uh, and about buying items in there, and they, they do show how to do that. So then we'll go to the media. 
in the media. Let's see. So they had a band notice um, covering between July 10th and July 16th. They had 780 accounts banned for the band violations. Uh, it looks like a majority of them are abnormal anomaly behavior, about 40% and about 35% being abnormal encounter behavior. So it's actually evening out there. I'm surprised. And this one I actually missed from last week, and, and I want to note it this time. Um, so the weekly developer Q&A between 6.30 and 7.6, uh, the question was, can you add a counter module for covert ops cloaking devices, such as a device capable of decloaking a ship within a certain range, greater than the standard 2km? This would be limited to certain ship types, making a type of submarine hunter class destroyer. For example, and the answer to that was we are considering adding a structure that can decloak ships in the system. The idea is to prevent players from being harassed by cloak ships within their own sovereign system. We will consider your suggestion for more anti-cloaking measures while also balancing cloaking ships. I think that's great. I think if they add something, and that's just another benefit for SOV owners as well, they'll be able to get those pesky PI thieves. Okay, so that appears to be it for the Eve Echoes news. So we'll get to the roundtable and then to the interview. All right, welcome to the Eve Echoes roundtable. This segment of the show, we will discuss some Eve Echoes topics. In this case, we got a special FC roundtable discussion. And, uh... Here we go. Here's the introductions. Today we got Latara with us. What's up? Evening. And then also a, another common roundtable talker, uh, Immortals, is with us again. What's up? Rip. Rip. Go. <laughs> Phoenix, first time with us today. What's up, Phoenix? What's up? And also first time, Weird Bob. How's it going, Weird Bob? Pretty good. Thanks for doing this. Thanks for uh, joining us today. So, yes, FCs. All you guys are FCs, right? <laughs> and uh, uh, Latara, I believe you you reached out to uh, to them to really get this kick started. So, I believe you you are all FCs. So, um, <laughs> all right, we'll start with the first question. I mean, uh, topic. What's important about the FC, Latara? I definitely have to say, like. Above everything, it's just the ability to be able to think on your feet and uh, how to make snap calls with the drop of the hat. I, if you can't be adaptable, I, I don't believe FCing in PvP is quite for you. If you can't just snap call something and have a gut feeling, like, quite for you. I, I do also believe, though, that with a bit of practice, anyone can pull it off. Maybe not to the levels of some, some company in the room, but... Uh, I believe everyone has the uh, capability. Yeah, and to go off that, like, it's also like the mindset that uh, you just gotta. Sometimes some of the people you think are going to be good SCs turn out to be bad, and the bad and the ones that you just like, they're kind of off the corner. They turn out to be really good. And it's just a hit or miss for some people, and also paranoia. For me, I learned it kind of helps out a lot because. You always kind of keep an eye out on everything, like with scouts and whatnot. Uh, I remember back in the day when we had fleets of 10 
that was actually the last time I FC'd was with a fleet of 10. And uh, I could only imagine the, you know, is it easier managing the fleets nowadays with the 50 plus or was it easier back then? No. <laughs> no. Hands, hands, hands down, no. What a question it is. What a question. It is completely easier to FCO 50 man fleet instead of a 10 man fleet. And even if you get, if you are in the 10 man fleet and got a disconnect, you're out of the fleet and need to be invited again. What makes it unbelievable. Yeah, you cannot FC that. It was horrible to FC that. And I can't imagine back again how we did it because it was so kind of <laughs> difficult. Right. It's one of those things that you kind of also had to have people who were willing to just create the extra 10-man fleets, and now you only need, what, a fifth of those people? Mm -hmm. like, uh, focus firing, I can't imagine. I wasn't FCing at the point in uh, sort of 10-man fleet days, but focus firing, man, that would have been disgusting. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about the uh, Lodgy as well. That would be a pain in the, pain in the ass, but... Oh, yeah. You also, uh, I remember, you find out real quick who your good uh, second and third go-tos are uh, when it was only a 10-man fleet, because you always pick them every time to lead the next fleet. Yeah, so to touch, to touch back on, you know, becoming an FC, you really have to know what you're doing. You got to be able to have all your ducks in the row. You got to know intelligence. You have to know where your scouts are, you're, you're managing a fleet of 50, right? And so you got to make sure that everybody is in line and accepting commands, you know, separate the logistics over here compared to the interceptors over here and make sure everybody's doing their own thing. So you're watching not only that, then you're calling out targets on the battlefield. So you got a lot of stuff going on and it takes a person that's, that really knows what they're doing to be able to take a battle to take a fleet like that into a battle and not to mention have multiple of those people. So you got, you know, person a doing the 50 fleet, you got person B with a separate fleet and those two got to communicate, not to mention maybe person C and D, you know, uh, all with their own duties, but they all also have to be on the same page. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it's one of those, when I was starting to FC, I literally died in my guardian a couple of times because I was too focused on calling targets and not asking for reps. <laughs> yeah, that's a true one. Like I you so you get uh tunnel vision so much that I, I usually if in the fleets I'm into I always tell him just to lock the FC just because he's gonna not pay attention to anything at all except calling out targets. And here's a question I have. Is it easier to FC as a person on the front line or so say like an interceptor room, the FC is most likely in an interceptor and he's leading the pack or he's, he's calling targets, whatever. Or is it easier to FC as like a guardian pilot sitting in a nightmare, just watching the battlefield and then calling targets and asking for reps, which one would be considered considerably easier and or better? I would say depend on the situation. I mean, if you're flying an interceptor room, like we at Bob always do, yeah, of course, Interceptor. You're flying Interceptor like everyone else do. But in mad scale or large scale, you're flying most likely and Guardianship. Because you can tank the most DPS. And you will 
you could you can tank the most DPS, and it's easier to 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 lock your up and to stay alive. I'm 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 familiar now with being in a battleship and FC from a battleship because the normal tactic is kill cruisers first, then battle cruisers, and then battleships. And if they kill battle cruiser first and the guardian ship, would I got headshotted a lot of time because I was the um, the guardian ship. So I decided to switch to battleships, which will be the last. So I will survive much longer than being a guardian ship. <laughs> Just right. a small hint. <laughs> I, I, I totally agree, because uh, usually when I FC, I'm not. I'm barely in a guardian ship, and I'm always in a battleship, but I'm in the... I'm in like a full tank uh, battleship with like all reds and a DCU and like no extenders on the on the on the lows. So it'll be hard to kill me. Yeah, yeah even when I'm in interceptor roaming, like my fits are almost completely tank build because that way I can stay there the longest as I can, trying to tell people what to do before I either have to warp away or get eventually pop. Survivability. Yeah, I, I always feel that the FC should be in the tankiest ship they can damn well fly. <laughs> and, yeah. and back to your question, if you if you need to be FC from the front line, yes, you need to be one of the first person in front. You cannot be FCing as the Lodge Anchor or something like that, because you will not see how far away the enemy is truly is from your main fleet. You need to be with the main fleet in the main... Uh, under the main guardian bubble, and yeah, seeing from there. Yeah, yeah. Another point, like yeah, the FC is not really the greatest driver. You always have, you always pick like different people who would be your drivers. Uh, you have your FC is the main target caller, but you also have other target callers keeping other eyes out because uh, FC can't see everything. But the idea is just trying to manage everything, really. I was say, I think like also being able to keep like the energy up as well. I mean, I've flown a couple times with Tahini, and the energy he gives gives out to his pilots is absolutely amazing. I I emulate that to a degree myself, but I think that definitely helps keep the pilots invested as they're in the fight. So talk about the intelligence aspect of FCing. Well. Usually, for like roaming, for when I do it, I scout ahead. I spend probably like five hours, at least a, at least a month, just scouting ahead my area that I'm going to be attacking for the next month. And then I'm scouting usually an hour or two ahead of time before I do my real roam. And then there's also the scouts that you need, to, which find your targets as well. Yeah, intel is everything. If they if they out scout you or just out intel you, you're not you're either not going to get a fight or you're not going to get a favorable fight. Scouts are probably one of the most important roles in a fleet. Or you jump, or you or you're gonna jump into enemy fleet and gonna die because you expect fifty and they have like one hundred twenty, but you didn't saw it earlier because you had no intel and no scout. This is the but death yeah, of yeah. every fleet. Yeah, I had a scary moment one time when uh, we were. I was expecting four or five battleships and maybe ten or 15, uh, ten battle cruisers, and we jump into the th a system, and my scout was not in the area anymore, and didn't catch that another 
uh, 15 battleships and 20 other battle cruisers came in as well. And so <laughs> we basically had to burn ourselves out and try to get out, reform up with the major group before we went at it again. It's why uh, out of game intel is also very useful as well because Catch 22 got uh, the CC by literally forming their fleet and logging off in station. And then when Pantheon showed up, I think it was Pantheon and General, just Pantheon showed up to back them up. They were like, okay, we can take this fight. It's about equal numbers. And then the Catch-22 fleet logs in and they've now got 50, 60 extra pilots. Which, if we knew a bit more out-of-game out intel, so Discord and the like, like, we'd have been able to prepare for it and either escape or uh, take the fight if we felt we could win it. Right. I remember back in the days, and once in Federbolus, we... We had an object, and I, don't, I think it was one of the fight of ZID. Um, we had like 300 pilots, and ACR had 500. I remember that fight. No, no uh, it, it wasn't that. It wasn't that fleet. It wasn't that fight. It was months before that fight. <laughs> it was a fight before. Was it the 1500? Uh, was it the 1500 cap one? No, it was. It wasn't a really ZID fight because we had to fight an SWBV one or two jumps before ZID. Uh, we had 300 people, ACR had like 500, and we... And my scout already died twice, so I hadn't really the intel about uh, what's going on in the next system, and I had one scout uh, in Discord. He tells me, um, in the next system there is the enemy fleet, 300, uh, 300 in local, 150 at the gate, and... 50 at 70 off the gate and we was like oh, okay let, let's go let's go in and jump in then we jumped in and yeah imagine it was wrong intel <laughs> oh. they had 300 at the gate and in local was uh, no 200 more so 500 and they completely outnumbered us because of bad intel we failed completely yikes yeah we got killed because of bad intel or wrong until so you, you touched on losing scouts and uh you know scouts are very important to an fc what's what's the what's the fallback when you lose a scout uh, i'd say it's your best thing when you lose a scout is redundancy or having if you've got a, a primary scout make sure he's got a couple of ships nearby because Redundancy and the ability to reship for a great scout is it's invalu invaluable. Intel is one of the most important thing, and so you need scouts. You need good scouts, and the best scout is if you're seeing the stuff at yourself with your own eyes. So I mostly use my own scouts. Uh, I'm playing on the tablet and two emulators with my scout. And these emulators often, very often, got disconnected. If there is a fleet with 300 people at the gate, mostly my scout will disconnect, log in back, and I'm in a capsule rip. <laughs> this is happening every time. But at least for the, for the for the short time of for the short time of the life of the scout, I had the intel. And after that, my scout dies. Uh, I need to send someone else to get there <laughs> to replace my scout. Right. But it happens every time. Yeah, I'd, I would just say just have backups, you know, if you it, it, or somebody in a capable ship that's willing to take the role. If you lose your scouts, say uh, just call out, hey, I need a scout who can do it. 
And if somebody steps up, that's even better. But nobody wants to step up, I guess. Because a scout is one of the boringest job ever. You just stay in the local and wait like an hour. If something happens, you write, okay, here are 30 men at the gate. And that's it. <laughs> it's one of the important jobs ever, but no one wants to do that. Right. Usually when I'm ever active scouting, unless they, they specifically tell me to not, to stay in that one spot, I usually start doing some active scouting, looking for people, trying to exactly know where they are. I think a lot of people use alts to scout as well. Like I know that, like Phoenix says, he uses two alts to do his scouting. Uh, I know there's several FCs within Void who do the same. Personally, I rely on pilots because I don't multi-box. Like, I have no ability to. I, I think I remember the first time I spoke to Phoenix, he was uh, complaining in my DMs that he lost his scout at a gate camp I was running when he came for a warp citadel or an OG citadel. Yeah, f first time we, we spoke, I think you were you ended up complaining for a, a little bit about losing your scout in the to uh, my gate camp because you came after a warp citadel and Void was there with OG and warp and I just turned around in local and went, hey, how many guys you got? 24. All right, then. 24 versus 24, just to get some content in for today. <laughs> this was one of the best, best fleets ever, because it was so unexpected that that will happen. I, I appreciate that, Lotara. I really appreciate that we did this. It was really great. I think uh, I, I've done the same with uh, Oz as well. Um, he camped me into a system, and I'm just there going... Neither yeet all my thrashers into the gate camp or just just take a chance. And uh, some of my guys <sighs> still say that was the best fleet they were ever a part of. It's one of those. It, it's the community we've tried to gather and build, in, isn't it, Phoenix? Like <laughs> yeah, sometimes it is just fun, just just knowing that you're gonna you're just going just to even if you die, it's you're going out there to have fun. Right. Nice. It's one of the reasons why a lot of my roams, I'm kind of picky on the uh, cost of the ships that you bring with my fleets. Because sometimes I purposely will go all out in attacking something just because I know it's not going to, no one's going to lose something really expensive and be uh, butthurt about it. But we'll just have good fun content from it. Yeah. And a lot of people play this just to have fun and they, you know, they throw ships around and they do their PVP and all that. And especially if uh, the Alliance has SRP and then, then they don't have to worry about paying it out of their own pocket. Still want to see Weird Bob's uh, best five interceptor pilots versus Void's Vetamoon. Scouting is like the best intel on top of uh, who's in comms on the enemy discord, all the other stuff, you know? Yeah. Um, so. so I wanted to uh, talk about some quality of life on some of these battles. Now, the smaller battles, maybe not so much. People still do experience disconnects, even at considerably small gate camps. But what can make some of these bigger battles better for the FCs? The quality of life when uh, no one's disconnecting. And uh, I'd, I'd say like... Battles of under 200 are pretty fun. Had a couple of them yesterday. So I noticed uh, the emulator use is the, really the big issue. Like If you're using a lot of emulators, uh, you will get disconnected no matter... As soon as it reaches over 100, 
you will get disconnected in those big fights. It's guaranteed. Uh, on the smaller, like, roaming kind of stuff, you get them every now and then. It depends on areas of the server. Like, I think there's, like, so, there's like one area I know for sure, if I'm on my emulator at all, I will get disconnected as soon as I jump in there. Yeah, like, I, pers- I personally have my all my settings on my phone and my emulator is set to potato graphics just to combat that disconnect stuff. FCs, we live our uh, in-game lives through the filter of low graphics settings, right? Yep. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And if I know it's going to be like a big 600 battle, I, I pursue it like, or more, like everyone, but like the FCs and like the lead of the fleets, I I know we try to tell them to turn off the in-game graphics, uh, little highlights and stuff like that, just because it'll allow you to perform just a little bit better and probably may not uh, allow the disconnect to happen against you. But to be fair, uh, if Echoes is running very good at, if you're, if you're running a good tablet, I'm running a, a good tablet since February, and I had two disconnects in this time, and I have been in like every major large-scale battle in the past four months. It depends on what are you playing on. If you're playing in an emulator, yes, like with Bob said, you're 100% disconnecting, 100%. If, if you're playing on the mobile device, it, you may get disconnects, but it's not promised. In larger, in larger scale fights, yes, you will get. And if you're using a good mobile device or a tablet, you are stable. But emulators will always be the last one. You have always disconnects. As I say, I think it's probably one of the few things all FCs will agree on. It's connection issues is like the biggest quality of life improvement. Yeah, I would agree. And actually, I don't really know from the devs' standpoint as to what they are doing as far as that goes. I know in in the past, there's been some really big battles to the point where you needed to let them know to... Like reinforce the server on the back end, you know, to increase the player cap from 600 to 800 or 1200 to 1500. There's stuff on that end. Um, But as far as the current game, you know, fixing disconnecting issues or black screen issues, um, I don't I don't know if they have a plan for that, but that would definitely be better, you know, better for you guys, better for the players and you can make battles more fun and enjoyable for everybody so we will close it out at that then so this concludes this week's roundtable chat and uh i'll do we'll have to have we'll have to come back to you guys again and have a special episode because this was great thank you guys mm-hmm. thanks for having us thanks for having us thank you thank you Welcome, Mrs. Rex. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing good. Thank you. How about yourself? I'm doing fine. Doing fine. Hey, uh, yeah, just surviving in New Eden right now, right? Everybody's hitting T10. We got new ships coming. I know Dreadnoughts were... Uh, we were expecting Dreadnoughts next month, but I, I think that got delayed, so... Uh, T10 is going to be interesting for a little bit. I'm excited. I'm actually excited for the uh, the one year anniversary that they're going to do. I I still don't know what exactly they're going to do, but um, hopefully it's something fun, right? Yeah, that would that would be cool. I um 
you know, Gen Fed's coming up on their their one year anniversary almost around the same time in in terms of uh, alliance formation too. So we're still trying to figure out what we're going to do, you know, oh. for our own alliance uh, to celebrate for that. Oh, that is awesome! Yeah, I I didn't think about that. What? Yeah. Do you have any yeah. ideas as to what you might want to do for a, a one-year celebration? You know, any parades or parties? <laughs> if there's going to be a parade, so here's one of the things that we've been thinking about. Right, one of the we one of the first rooms we did as an alliance was a venture trainer room, and we actually have a ton of a ton of <laughs> uh, kill mills and kill marks on our venture trainers because we just went out in a huge venture trainer room. So we actually might might do that again, just as sort of an activity to do, um, just to dust off the old venture trainers that we haven't touched in forever. <laughs> um, plus it was fun. I think that was one of the more fun things we've done. And uh, so we did that early on, really early on in the formation of our alliance. And I think it would be cool to, to sort of uh, do a little reenactment of that. But otherwise, I don't know, like we'll do faction battleship raffles or something something fun to that people can participate in right. and, um win some prizes maybe we'll do those as prizes for whoever gets the best adventure trainer kill i don't know we'll figure it out i'm I, you know we've got got a month or a month or so here so to, to get that sorted out but it is coming up pretty quick i was gonna say too maybe come up with a nostalgia presentation or something too because people even new players that join GenFed. Uh, don't know the full history of GenFed, right? So you come up with something, it's like, uh, hey, you know, these were some of the highlights of our past. And uh, for the new players to kind of understand, you know, what all you that you've been through um, and to, to celebrate the one year, that that is awesome. Yeah. I think that's a great idea, actually. I, I, I had um, uh, someone from the last game uh, Malsey is his name, came into our comms the other day and was <clears throat> asking questions like, you know, where's this person and uh, what have you guys been up to? And so I was sort of telling him the whole long story of GenFed and, and Eve Echoes and people were steadily piling into the channel because <laughs> to like settle around the, around the fire and, and, and hear the story about it. Because you're right, a lot of people have come to us along the way so um mm -hmm. we have we still have a lot of people that started with us too but uh how how we got to where we are i think would be an interesting presentation that's a good idea yeah and i like the parade idea too you can <laughs> do that <laughs> and not many not i mean not too many alliances could say that also that are around nowadays yeah i we um we've been around for a long time i mean we've got there was one alliance that was created before us, and that was the 0000 designation one, but it, it's long since disbanded. So mm -hmm. so we have the first designation alliance, but it, I think that was, I want to say it was three or four weeks after the start of the game, maybe four. Um, so we've got a little bit longer <laughs> in terms of our first formation, but uh, but yeah, I mean, we came to the game as, as, as GenFed. So how are you doing? How's how's Mrs. Rex doing? I am I'm tired. <laughs> I'm yeah. tired. Uh we had a we had a great um uh, a great weekend full of all kinds of good fights. We've got some more planned for this evening. Um uh we we hit the one 
1L uh, attack Citadel for OG, uh, but they set their timers like in the middle of the US night. So it was like two to 4 AM for many of us. And so like dealing with that was <laughs> a lot of us had to had to get out of bed and, or just take power naps and things like that. So a bunch of us are still kind of uh, recovering from, from having gotten up early. <laughs> right, yeah, energy drinks for me. That's, that's, I'm all about the energy drinks. Yeah, we're definitely, uh, definitely living on those around here, energy drinks and coffee. It's, just, it's the same thing. So a fun fact, uh, the last time that you were on the show was March 15th. And, uh, I know we had talked, we talked a little bit before uh, we started recording, but I, I don't think I've ever told you this, that episode that we had together is my number one episode to date as in it's most downloaded across all platforms well god you know and and it's funny it, so i think you sent me something right afterwards you're like I, this is the most downloads i've ever had on an episode and i said well that's that's gen fed i mean in a nutshell right because you know, we we have for love us hate us whatever it is uh people <laughs> it just it just a lot of stuff follows us around and so it, like people either want to listen to it to hate on it or they want to listen to it to find out something new or um or there's just stuff going on uh within the game that we all love and so people are just wanting to find out about it so we we tend to find that as a result of um of just kind of having content creators and stuff over in our space and things like they just it tends to sort of pick up that that volume. I I I can only guess. I can only guess as to why that is. But that that if I were to guess, that's what I, I think it is. A big name alliance executor, uh, Reddit enthusiast. You know, amongst <laughs> amongst other <laughs> hats that you wear, Captain Benzie's hat now. Captain Benzie's hat now. <laughs> <laughs> that's just another hat. And I'm pretty sure I've seen Captain Benzie as a player. Was that in Honk? I think Honk has Captain Benzie's hat in their in their court. No, actually, the he is in Get, so he's in oh, my court. Okay, corporation. okay, okay. Yeah, it was pretty funny because I <laughs> we we asked for for Captain Benzie's hat uh, as as part of the the Void Surrender, uh, or at least um, um, not surrender, but sort of peace negotiations with them and. Uh, you know, we were just, it was very tongue in cheek, right? We're just trying to, we're just laughing it off. But um, uh, I know Captain Benzi was like, all right, tell me where to send it and I'll send that. <laughs> I was like, okay. Uh, and so I gave him that information. And then, um, and then in local, suddenly, like the next day, I think people were start talking about it, whispering about it. And the next day, uh, Captain Benzie's hat, the, the character started sending messages to Captain Benzie saying, don't give me to the infidels. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, so I think Captain Benzie posted that on Reddit. And then, uh, uh, and then when, when we were having big fights in various places, the captain's Captain Benzie's hat would show up in local and, and try to surrender himself. So finally I was like, okay, you gotta just, you gotta join my corporation, man. So we've got Captain Benzie's hat in, uh, in the get corporation properly surrendered <laughs> so do you uh actually I'm, I'm pretty sure i've seen a meme about it but do you have a captain's hat now that you had a picture taken of you in oh he said that that is captain benzie's hat that is the hat of captain Menzi. you yes. uh, now own it <laughs> yep 
Yep. It, as, and and I and everyone is asking me about it all the time. Are you going to get the hat? I said, look, I gave him a place to send it. If he sends it, it's going to be epic. Like like that is the epic sportsmanship right there. If he sends the hat, and uh, and sure enough, he did. He sent the hat. Wow. So I got I got the hat package in the mail, and then I went and uh, I was just. I, I uh, did a Zoom meeting actually with all of our guys on our uh, alliance and uh, unboxed it uh, on on Zoom and uh, took the pictures, which are the pictures that you see. And the, that was Captain Benzie's hat. That is Captain Benzie's hat. He sent it. Nice. That that is awesome. And uh, for for him to do that and be true to his word and actually do that, that's that's good too. Yeah, yeah, it was it was pretty great. And what I um, liked in particular was that. So I got that. I think it was Sunday. Was it Sunday? That was Saturday. But I um, I went to work last Monday, and my boss asked, "What did you guys do for you? Did anyone do anything interesting for the weekend?" And I said, "Well, uh, you know, I I defeated a South African warlord and uh, took his hat." Uh, symbolically in a gesture for mercy. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, okay, these are the weird things that all of us do as gamers. <laughs> uh, but it was great. It's it's a it, it was such a great gesture, and um, it, it really a bunch of our guys went over and uh, subscribed. Probably, I think I think it really brought him up a lot in terms of. Um, just displaying good sportsmanship like yeah. if we can laugh about it if we can laugh about these things and do things that are fun and not harmful in those ways like that that just makes the whole player base better exactly i'm all about that too yeah so to uh turn the tide a little bit you just we just had the uh an fc roundtable chat and i understand uh, a couple of them came back to your discord and said uh yeah. <laughs> and we're asking you, you know, what we were going to talk about. They they must have known that you're coming on. And I don't think I told them, though my guest list is public if they choose to see it. Uh, what they say? Uh, well, no, I I was um, so we've got we have so much going on still in the south, right? Um, we got a lot of fighting going back and forth. So uh, we had several FCs popping in to go do FC things and go off and go fight things and. I was like, well, okay, I'll come join you guys, but I I'm, I have a, an interview with uh, Rambo, and I'm going to go do that. And so they're like, oh, we were just there, and <laughs> we were talking, we had, a, we had an FC roundtable and all that stuff, so it was good. Um, uh, and I think you had uh, uh, Bob and, and Phoenix over here as well, yep. and uh, both of them are, are fantastic uh, FCs. We're really delighted with them, so it's a good group. Yeah, and we could have definitely gone longer. Uh, there's just so much stuff to talk about, and uh, you know, and we we hit on a number of things like gaining intelligence and using scouts and large battles, quality of life stuff. Uh, you have anything to add to FCing? Um, What's boy, it like to be an FC? <laughs> well, I think primarily, and I and I don't know what was covered, so I'm just I'm just going to guess at it here. But I think primarily. The important thing with FC is um, is understanding the amount of multitasking that an FC has to do, uh, especially the larger the fleet is, right? Uh, smaller fleets, it's a little easier, a little less multitasking, but the big fleets where you're moving around hundreds of pilots um, or even 100 pilots, it's, it's enough to really cause a lot of divided attention for the senior FC. And so, uh, one, I think the talent of the FC uh, is directly impacted by their ability to multitask. And um, 
And I also think that the temperament of the FC is directly affected by multitasking in a way that, uh, you know, when we drive our vehicles around, people go get into road rage and stuff, right? And and it's because they have uh, divided attention and they don't realize that their their brains and their bodies are doing this because it's so habitual to drive. Um, and so uh, so people are faster to temper when they're when they have divided attention. So, uh, you know, FCs go through that too. I think uh, you might have, I, I think I've had one or two of them that, that, you know, would bark nothing bad, n- nothing nasty, but just, you know, be a little shorter tempered than they might otherwise be. And afterwards they're like, I'm sorry guys, you know, I don't want to be like, it's okay. Like it's, it's because you have this, this um, divided attention going on. But anyway, I see, I see a, people who are able to, make tactical decisions under that kind of pressure with that kind of divided attention uh, as being the best uh, FCs in the game. And and to, to tack on to that too, I think uh, being able to delegate tasks is huge, huge. You have to have, you have to know the people, you've got to fly with people. You can't just come in and be an FC in any group. Like you have to get to know who's who and who you can depend on um, to make the right decisions at the right time. One good example of this, and I don't know if they talked about it, so, uh, but uh, we had, we were fighting, we were fighting OG at their 1L Citadel yesterday, and I was the primary guardian, and Phoenix was FC, the overall FC, and we were on top of them in brawling range, so we had everybody in brawling range, and he said, and I think he has it on his video, he said like three times, he's like, Mama, you could drop the bubble, drop drop the shield bubble, drop the shield bubble. And I completely ignored him because it was not it was not the, the call to make at the time. Because what he could not see from what he was doing and all the multitasking he was doing was that there was um, a Sandman was multiboxing his 10 Tempests outside of that bubble and firing into the bubble. So my bubble was keeping, even though we were all Everybody was inside the bubble that was brawling. There was that that sniping group that was sitting outside. So uh, it negated all the damage Sandman could do uh, to keep that bubble up. And so he, he, Phoenix asked me twice, and I ignored him because <laughs> I know he trusts me. And then the, the next time he, he he mentioned it, I said, "No, you've got a sniper group out there." And he's like, "Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, no problem." And you can even hear that in the recording. Um, but he also trusts me to be able to make that call on the field. He he delegated the uh, main guardian job to me because he knows I can make those spot decision calls and not not do something stupid. Um, so I I you know to take into account the things he might not see, and so he can trust me and move on, and that's fine. And so I, I think I, I think having those people to rely on as an FC is one of the most critical things of doing any kind of large scale combat. Cause you just, no matter how good you are, you just can't do it all yourself. Right. So how about quality of life improvements for battle engagements? Uh, I know a lot of people still disconnect quite a bit, even on smaller engagements. Um, now I'm not really sure what NetEase is doing on the back end to be able to fix this, but emulators, just seem to be an issue overall people on devices like tablets um, have the best experience so far but even then there's still 
potential to get disconnected and stuff. And that that's a big thing about FCs is like if the FC gets disconnected, okay, there there's going to be an issue there at least for a slight amount of time. And we we just don't know if it's ever going to get better. Well, and this is one of the things that I can definitely speak to, uh, having being being in GenFed actually is because we've seen the um, we've been at war for like most of the game, large scale war most of the game, and so uh, we've seen a whole lot of it. And uh, from the very first tie dye in the game to uh, to the evolution of that uh, to where it is today, and I think I think disconnects are actually getting better. Uh, I know in in some of these uh, fleet engagements, like we we engaged with OG, and you know we had I think it was I think it was 120 versus 100 with with OG or 106 or something on their side, and um, so it was not that size of battle. The disconnects are not as bad. You're going to lose people with emulators because the game's not designed for emulators, even though we really want it to be. Um, and uh, you're going to lose people with lower end devices. But generally speaking, most people were, you know, can stay connected and stuff during those combats. And one of the things when we look at our FCs is we look at, do you have a stable device? Because if you don't, if you don't have a device that can withstand 1500 ships on the battlefield then you definitely should not be the senior fc because you're not going to stay on grid and and i think that's that's a problem that needs to be addressed through net ease if it can be um there's so many moving parts and we don't want the game to be dumbed down uh but we do we do want them to continue to work on it what i'm seeing is that they are working on it that things do get better and every once in a while they get us they step back <laughs> and we go, oh, great, now our drones don't work. Or, oh, great, now our guns don't work in battle. <laughs> um, but but these, even though these are um, some temporary breaks that happen in the game, uh, they demonstrate for us that they have actually tried to make a change. They've tried to fix it. And so we're ending up being play testers a lot, I think, in some ways. Uh, but I'm not going to necessarily complain about that or get pissed off and leave about that because at least I know they're trying to fix the problem or address it. Mm -hmm. Um, I I wish I knew how to solve it for them. I don't, (laughs) uh, that's their job, but, uh, but I think continuing to hold them accountable for it and continuing to give them feedback. I think as players, what we can do is we can invite them to our big battles, which we do sometimes, um, you know, we'd say, look, we're going to cap out the system. I know the devs have spoken to us a few times and said, Okay, we're going to be there and observe. And before tie dye came out, they 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 came to a couple of our fights to to observe. You know, I think it was the DP war that was happening. Uh, but they came out to observe the fights, so that they could get a better sense both of system caps and how the fights were. You know, lagging down the system. We broke WX, I think, like three times. We just broke the system. Wow. Like you fly through it and you're your modules just don't work anymore. And it was not during combat, but for the next four days after combat. Like you just fly the system and and your modules don't work. So we've done stuff like that a lot. A ZID, same problem. Uh, We've we've done stuff like that all the time. Uh, And so it's interesting for them to be able to see. And so I would encourage people who are engaged with some of these problems or seeing these problems on the field to call out to customer service or the developers, um, just reach out to them and say, here, here was the problem, here was the day, here was the time, 
you know, let them look at it. And they may not be able to fix it at the time, but they can go through and hopefully make corrections for the future. Yeah, make it better. Yeah. Wow, I actually never heard about that with them visiting you guys and, and watching the battles and spectating in that sense. I That's the first time I heard of that, and that's actually really cool. I'm glad that they did. And some of the changes that may we may have not seen um, probably made that better. Oh, yeah. And tie-dye was a big one, right? I mean, as soon yeah. as tie-dye started happening, it just it broke it broke all the guns it broke all the guns oh yeah and it broke the system tight i broke the system it broke our guns it was i think we had it was a good three hours of us shooting at a citadel and not doing any damage before we realized that everyone's guns were broken even though it was cycling that no actual damage was being applied um like it, <laughs> we we've had a few moments where we've where we've been pretty <laughs> frustrated with game performance and quality of life issues uh but Again, I do see changes over time, maybe not huge, massive, like here's one size fits all fixes, but they're at least trying to work on it. And coming from the game where we came from, where they didn't do anything to work on it, they just said, tough luck, have smaller fights. Uh, this is, I'll, I, I'll take this any day, right? Yeah. I, I'll, I'll take a buggy game where they're at least going to try and fix those bugs and continue to make uh, forward progress on it. Than, than developers who just blow you off. Yeah. Well, speaking of big battles, the Content Coalition is of no longer. The Southern War has been done for a few weeks now. But, has it? <laughs> yeah, has it? <laughs> I understand that you're still dealing with OG. So, oh, so, uh, well, yes, yes and no. So, uh, after the ZID fight that was in... Uh, Asian prime time uh, on their best day on a holiday, best time for them. Uh, we we beat them, and and before that, the the line to everybody was, uh, "It's a stalemate. This war is a stalemate. You can't defeat us in our prime time. We can't defeat you in your prime time. It's a stalemate." So uh, everybody got out of bed because we we know we know what it takes to fight in that time zone. We certainly did it a lot with DP. So we just did what we had to do. Um, and uh, and that's just uh, has been a beautiful um, collaborative effort uh, from from our side. Uh, God, you know, all the all the Pantheon guys were packed into into our systems and had moved their ships there, and it's just you know we 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 all knew what we needed to do, so we got up and did it. And uh, ZID was the result of that, as well as K9 and uh, as well as KJ. And um, these are all the that lower chain and fey uh, that existed. So uh, once that happened, um, we saw the breakdown of the, the content coalition. And we started talking with everybody immediately. Like after ZID, I think it was less than an hour. Um, we started talking to everybody. Um, ACR uh, said that they are no longer ACR. They were now the Confederation of the East. So I think it was C C E A um, is what they're calling themselves, uh, and then and that that's a, a different group. Neek came and talked to us separately. Uh, Void came and talked to us. Uh, OG talked to a few people, but uh, not a lot of people really wanted to talk to them. And it's not about the the individual pilots in OG. It's about the leadership over there that is kind of a persistent and consistent problem. So. 
that so the way it's settled down now, of course, we have Captain Benzie's hat. Uh, Boyd has has uh, <laughs> honored uh, their side of, of the bargain and, um, and of our deal. And so I, I think everybody um, feels pretty good natured about uh, the response from them and um, ha and has adhered uh, pretty well to uh, our agreements. And uh, then we also have, you know, Neek, same thing. Um, they they just, they still want to fight. We still, you know, we, no one wants a blue donut, right? It's boring. Mm -hmm. uh, so they still want to fight, but we're, but it's not, it's no longer this, you know, extermination crap that was going on. Uh, they just, so they, they withdrew from this ACR group. Um, and so they're doing their own thing, which I, I think is great. And I've had some good talks with their leader. Then um, ACR came and talked to us and wanted to go blue with us, actually. Uh, and uh, although I, I call them ACR, they're CAE, I think it is, or CEA, the Confederation of the East, which is much better naming, by the way, than, than their prior names. <laughs> um, but anyway, they, they, uh, they came to talk to us about being blue with us, but at the same time, they went to our allies at the same time on the same day. And uh, told them, well, if if you let us join you, uh, we'll join you if we can just destroy GenFed. So, wow. <laughs> so and I, yeah. So I was given all the screenshots of that, and I, I'm over on these guys' server, and I'm like, okay, uh, I, I don't think we're going to have any any talks right now because I think we're still having some some diplomatic issues with you guys. <laughs> uh, so we're still engaged in in a um, a, a shooting war with them hmm. though, uh, though not really like officially a war not nothing too big just you're you're just it, it's kind of just bashing the one what are they a uh, small alliance or uh oh no 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 they no that no they're huge they probably got what i think they have ten, i have to go look at the numbers on it but i think they've got 10 to 12 alliances so this is still relatively a big uh -huh. battle like not battle but like big issue type war oh yeah yeah we're still we're still we're still going at it with them because it's again it's like we I, i'm i'm perfectly okay uh you know having conversations with with folks and seeing what we can sort out and uh but that that nonsense that kind of behind the back nonsense was like okay no we're i can't i can't trust you guys to, to not just come right back at it as soon as you've built up um and so for so for them we've still been been fighting uh i don't i don't know where that's going to go but i do know that uh we've we've both been you know attacking each other's citadels and we in fact that's what we were up doing last night um but yeah it's still been a lot of pretty heavy back and forth between us um so there's still a lot of fighting going on in the south in fact i think a lot of people have moved south just so they have content and things to fight because there's still a lot of fighting going on down here yeah so this is a, this is a new war uh, developed out of bad diplo two-faced diplo it seems <laughs> well i think it's just the continuation of the, the same war that's been going on for eight months now uh, it's just back to the parties it should be you know um and oh, yeah, that's what true. i've seen that's what i've seen overall i think all over the server is a lot of the wars are simmering down to the regional groups like people uh 
people are, were just freaking out, you know, and, and a lot of that was propaganda, right, about a blue donut. But what I'm seeing from from my position, and, and I, I certainly do Diplo with pretty much everybody, is more regional warfare. So, you know, one group versus one group or two groups versus two groups and not really like you know, everybody. The, the big fear was everybody was going to, you know, gang up and it was going to be some huge thing. But it, it was that way and it was that way versus us. Um, but I think it's settled back down now to being more regional warfare, which is what what we're engaged in right now. So uh, what, what's your position on some of these stories that are going around New Eden? I know we got a boop hawk dispute going. We got no placing sov. What, just weird things are happening right now. What, what's your position on it? <laughs> oh, God. Um, so, boy, uh, so uh, I didn't even know that, I didn't even know that Honk did Diplo. <laughs> I mean, I thought it was mostly just stuff on Reddit, uh, but uh, someone mentioned, I think it was on Reddit, someone mentioned that they were they were on the Honk Diplo server and it was like a bunch of kindergartners and I was like, okay, uh, I need in on this. Someone give me a link to, to the Honk Diplo server. So I showed up there and, uh, and, and got into a Honk Diplo channel, which does not disappoint, by the way, I highly recommend it uh, just for the entertainment value. <laughs> Um, and anyway, got, got, got to meet these guys. I think one of them showed up and was like, oh, you really exist. <laughs> we thought you were a myth. It's like, no, no, I really exist. <laughs> um, uh, no, I, I, am really there. Uh, but it was, it was pretty fun. Uh, I, I had some good chats with them. They, they seem like generally, uh, a nice guys. I think there's like, like 20 or 30 of them. There's not many. Uh, I heard, I so this is one of those things like I have limited vision in the north when it comes to all of the 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 day to day politics that happen under, over there. Like I I'm half following Reddit with everybody else in terms of what's going on. I, I know a lot. There's a lot of uh, <laughs> uh, rumors <laughs> that I have uh, you know fingers and everywhere and I have some massive spy network, but I, I literally have no spies, none. I, all I have is people who come to me and go, hey, have you heard about this? Right. So um, that's my, my vast uh, intel network. Uh, <laughs> but, but yeah, so I, I, I had heard that Honk and Pantheon were fighting, which I, I don't know what to think about that necessarily, nor do I, I didn't even know really where Honk was. Uh, so I was talking to the guys, and they they told me where they live, and um, Jita, of course, and um, how you know what what was going on with them and what was going on with their war. And apparently, it's uh, they, they're they're in a squabble with uh, a group called Mars. Yes, Mars. And so that that apparently got pretty heated. Uh, and so I don't know. They I I think. From what I can gather, and, and this is completely from an outsider's perspective, like I, I don't know, I have not involved whatsoever with any of that. Um, there was one, the only time I got involved was I was told by someone that there were two hull timers for Pantheon. And of course, you know, we love Pantheon. We're, we're always there for them. They are our brothers and sisters. They really um, uh, did just so much for us in terms of just being 
being right with us so that we were never really alone uh, when when things were really tough for us. So um, so we heard there's two hold timers and we're like, all right, you know, rabble, rabble, we're going to form up. We're going to show up for hold timer because it's hold timer. We want to, you know, these are our brothers and our sisters. We're going to go defend them. So we went to go defend them. And there was like, and then when we got there, the other Pantheon leadership was like, what are you guys doing here? <laughs> so, uh, so there was some miscommunication with that. Uh, uh, and and then like 30 Hawk guys showed up, so, and we never even fought them because we were uh, we were like two systems away, um, <clears throat> just sitting around. And Pantheon and and uh, Hawk got it got into a fight, and then uh, No also showed up a little bit later, uh, and then they also fought with Pantheon. So we just kind of stood around and rabbled around, and then went home. But um, that's as much actual interaction as we have in this particular war. So I asked the hunk guys about it and said, why are you guys, what's going on? And they gave me some backstory stuff. And I, I don't know, I, whenever I see stuff like this, I always feel like there's some dispute that happened early on between maybe a few individuals that gets elevated to the point to where it is now. Right. So, and I, that's kind of what I gather just looking at this, like sometimes it, comes off as more chest bumping and not like actually having um, good solid conversation. And so it can, I don't know, kind of devolve into, into I think maybe what's going on over there. Although in my mind, when I first heard about a boop honk war, I was very excited because I figured the local would be very entertaining. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I each each one of their own, right? Boops and hawks all over the place. OGs yeah. recruiting, etc. You know it. Yeah. So, Kylo Ren singing, of course. Oh, God, playing shitty flutes. Yeah. <laughs> I I still I'm never forgetting Kylo. I'm taking music bot away from you, just in case you're listening. Just take to this it podcast. away. Yes. Just taking it away. Yeah. So with the uh, with that hawk and Mars deal, you know, honk had an attack on them. Uh, relatively recently and coincidence was that something about like it was like a one of their main industry guys or the outpost owner or something like that got banned right after the battle happened and coincidentally it was with pantheon so there's i guess like maybe some sort of accusation out there that pantheon was behind that ban that had happened and uh and and just caused some issues, you know, some underlying issues with that. Not really sure what to say about that though. But this the the I'm these bands I mean it could happen, right? Yeah, and that and and I and, and just as disclaimer, I've I haven't talked to anyone in Pantheon about it. Um I did talk to the Hunt guys about it because they they were they actually pinged me on their diplo it was the only time we actually did any serious diplo other than Hunk at each other uh they they pinged me on their diplo server and i'm like i have no idea what's i didn't know you guys had a fight today what's going on uh and they they told me about what happened and and asked me what i thought about it and i said well you know i and i and i think just what i've seen in the back and forth a little bit um i i know the pantheon guys really well and uh, i fly with them every day i flew with them twice yesterday big fleets right i i'm and when i say fly with them i mean 
I'm in comms, we're all fighting side by side together. We spend hours a day just bullshitting with each other in comms. I'm sorry, my French, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but uh, but anyway, we, we, we all play together um, and we have for months and months. And so I can absolutely 100% say I have never, never, never heard anything come out of these guys and gals that would be that level of maliciousness ever. Um, and I, I wouldn't sit for it if I heard it. But, but you know, you can't have that as like a mass mentality and not have it leak out somewhere or be suggested at some point. So uh, certainly that I, I, would, I would be hard pressed to believe that there was any kind of mass anything. And um, I, what, what I know is that these bans happen but I also think, and, I, and looking at it from Honk's, Honk's perspective, it's the timing of it, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and so, so I think probably one of two things, or one of a couple of things happened. Um, this person was already flagged for something, and uh, and this just happened I, for whatever reason, and I don't know whether it's the structure loss itself or something. It it just got got through whatever check or it needed to get through and that person, their ban hit or someone did report them. And, uh, and it, you know, you get one-off individuals. I had a dude go crazy uh, in, in GenFed just recently, just completely mental. And uh, so you, you never can tell what an individual is going to do. When you have thousands of people in your organization, you can never, you can never tell nor control what one individual is going to do. And uh, so what I told Honk was, you know, ask the devs and, and talk to Sun Banana and, and he'll do the same because, uh, you know, that it, it's like you, you're never going to get to the bottom of it. The only people that can get to the bottom of it would be the devs. And if someone is doing that, then I would consider that to be an exploit of the game mechanics, right? Uh, and so I think it is something as a player base, we would want the devs to look at and tell us if there was a problem. But what I, what I, can, what I can tell them and what my, uh, one of my other executors, Cypok, told them was that uh, we also went through a wave of bans in, in GenFed executors. And it happened all at once. And our first gut instinct when it happened was, this is an attack. I mean, it can't be a coincidence that these are executor accounts for, for GenFed, right? right? So one of our enemies is screwing with us. Uh, and that's the first place our brains went with it. Um, but we didn't, we didn't go out and start accusing people. What we did is we went to the devs and said, you know, what the hell, why have these accounts been banned? Uh, they, they, we're not involved in anything nefarious whatsoever. These are like literally our tax accounts for for getting in our corporate taxes and stuff for the alliance and run, managing SRP funds. So when SRP, you know, our ship gets blown up, we send send the ISK um, ever since you know insurance. So we send the ISK to the pilot. So this is these are money management accounts, but you know, this hurts us. Like this seems like a deliberate attack that hurts us because they're money management accounts. Um, but it, it just turns out that that happened to be the time that they changed their filters to look for exploiters. And so people who were engaged in a lot of large scale transactions got kind of blanket banned. And so the people who 
had legitimate reasons would speak up and say, I was banned wrongly and they were cleared. So all of our executives were cleared, but, but it, it kind of took that communication with the devs. They're the only people who can tell you one way mm-hmm. or the other what's going on. So for me, I, I feel like I have no idea what happened. I, I, I would put money that, that absolutely nothing was on any kind of large scale whatsoever. Again, because we just, we know these guys, we fly with them all the time. Yeah. Coincidence. Um, but, Coincidence. But it, but it, it could be a solo bad actor, right? And, and I would want to know who that was. And I'm sure Pantheon would want to know who that was because I think they believe in fair play and good content too. Um, and so, so, that, so it's important to follow up on it so we figure out what happened. Or it's coincidence. It's just a hell of a coincidence where that person was already flagged for whatever reason. Right. Um, mm-hmm. But either way, I think things break down when we start going at each other like, you did this on purpose and you did this and that. Like that can't be, you can't start off on that foot. You have to figure out what the problem is first and then yell later. <laughs> Don't <laughs> yell first and then figure out, just try to figure out the problem afterwards because then everybody's defensive and pissed off, right? But yeah, I think that can happen. I think it's not uh, unusual for, um, I, I've, I've seen random bands for you know people who are, clicking on an emulator and if they're not like doing anything but they have to go back through the the customer service guys to have them look at it and talk to the devs and figure it out and then get the person released so it does happen but you know the only people that can actually answer any of those questions in any productive way is customer service and the developers that's it the rest of us are just guessing so how about no placing sob it didn't last very long but it was too it was a surprise to a lot of people yeah it was pretty funny actually because <laughs> uh they dropped sov so like dead dropped a, a an outpost a while ago and when they dropped an outpost everybody was like no drop sov uh and dead drops off and every you know we all we all rappled up we were ready to go blow it up even when even though i think we had a k-tech 9 or something the next day and then everybody had to like stand down we're like oh it's just an outpost it's just an outpost uh but then this time when no drops off everybody's like did is that a corporate citadel <laughs> like it's it was just from the first one we had to like go back and look at it again to double check that this time it actually was saw that was being dropped um yeah they there was a lot of people that were really pissed off and a lot of people i i woke up that morning to just a bunch of dms and people you know trying to talk to me one way or the other uh about about that and what our response was going to be and what we were going to do and um what we should do you know i think there was a lot of conversation about that too there is there was a lot yeah no has pissed off a lot of people i mean all around new eden so people are more mad at them than us and that's that's quite a feat (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly when uh, when I first seen the screenshot of uh, wherever they they dropped Sav, the first thing that came to my mind was, oh, that was probably stolen. Like they stole the Citadel and 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 then dropped one, you know, wherever. Uh, and that wouldn't be that wouldn't surprise me if that was actually true. Um, I don't, I don't, th- I don't know. I mean, I don't know about where the Citadel came from, um, but I think it was a legit drop. 
Um, and just yeah. from what I've seen, it was a legit drop, meaning they intended to keep it. Uh, but I think, and and this is if if anyone asks me, right? Then my my response is the same. It doesn't matter what side they're on. Uh, I think a bunch of us are feeling the pressure of dreadnoughts and everything else, and sort of changes in the game mechanics. And those changes, if you want to make an impact on large scale like sovereignty, nullsec warfare, uh, you you got to have some resources to do it. And you can wallet warrior. And I'm a wallet warrior, right? I, I I do that. I don't I don't have time to farm as much as I would like to, so I am too. But um, but generally speaking, if you can wallet warrior to a point, but but like you can't wallet warrior a bunch of dreadnoughts. Um, and and if you can, like there's probably, honest to God, better things for you to spend your money on. So anyway, if you want to do do it large scale for an alliance, then you probably need to have space to do it in. Right. Uh, and I think that's the reality that a lot of people are facing right now is how they're going to utilize their space for the future. And if they're not facing it, they should be. So, so I think that that uh, is probably, and I'm totally speculating because again, I'm not in no, and I don't have any of the, the Intel from the North, but uh, I think that certainly would be on my mind if I was an Alliance leader over there. So I think we're we're starting to see some changes in the behavior patterns of certain alliances because of that impending pressure. Even though it's been put out now a little longer, I think that's where people are are looking into the future, right? You you got there's going to be a point where you're either going to be a low sec alliance or a high sec alliance or a null sec alliance, and the line is going to get broader between them. Mm-hmm. So um, so I think that's part of what was going on. Um, I have no idea if it was a plan drop or not. That also was very interesting to see that happen well, the way it they're, did. They're trolling that area too. They're they're trolling Veil vale of the Silent big time, and they 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 got something against Lunar over there. Either they have a contract or just some sort of beef over there with Lunar. So they're they're hanging out in the area, and it doesn't seem like they're going to be leaving anytime soon. Well, there was a lot of speculation about that, right? Because Gemini was pretty ravaged at the end of GHA. Um, it was really well established for a long time and then got massively destabilized and you see movement all through it from all kinds of different alliances through there. So I don't know if it's a um, way to establish and geminate or not. Um, my assumption is that it is, just looking at all of the um, the outposts in that area too. There's a lot of that. So I kind of feel like that's that's probably what's going on over there. But again, it's only just looking at the map and reading tea leaves, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but they took yeah. down six citadels yesterday. No, did took down six citadels. I saw, and and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I saw five citadels on one outpost. I don't know about the outpost, but yeah. So I, I, I think I know it, the six. Did you confirm that those are citadels? Because I was given screenshots, and what I was given was five outposts or five corporate citadels and one player outpost from Vale. Then you may know more than I do. <laughs> I, I just know the six structure. Six. I, I was told six outposts, or not, sorry. I was told six citadels, but it could be one uh, corporation outpost as, as well as the five. Could be. I think it was either way. I think it was- 
it was amazing either way. I mean, that, that's, that's, I don't, I think that's definitely a record. So it was, I saw five corporate citadels for sure confirmed. I've seen the kill mills. Uh, I also saw one personal outpost, a capsuleer outpost was the sixth one. And that also confirmed. And so that is, that's tremendous. Like, I think, I think the same day yesterday, we blew up one citadel put two into hull and um, blew up three outposts and um, put, I think, two more of those in the hull. And we're like, wow, that was a productive day. And then no, just like doubled down on that, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, and we're like, well, shit. Um, so it, it, that's, a, that's a, an impressive accomplishment, r- regardless of, of who you are. Um, but I, I, I feel for Vale. Um, in particular, and Lunar in particular, because, and the same thing was true with No, right? Um, everybody rabbled over there. Jen was not there. Um, I, uh, we were still dealing with our war in the South, so we were uh, actually fighting ACR at the same time as that. Um, but it was an F1 outpost. Um, but yeah, I, I, I felt I, I, I again. If it's dead, I'm gonna shoot at them all day long. But um, but if but the rest said no, I don't have any beef with them. And so, um, I I appreciate good fights. We like good fights. We like content. I think without content, we die, and we die as an alliance if we don't have good content. So, I have no interest in in stomping them out necessarily. Um, but at, at the same time, I completely understand the the amount of pissed off that people are at them. And I think it's well justified mm-hmm. in many ways. And so, so, uh, you know, I, I, I understand the attack on them for dropping um, and finally being able to get some kind of vengeance on them when you, you just couldn't before, cause they just lived in low sec. Um, but the, I think the response has been uh, an incredible clap back too. And I'm, I'm hoping that, I don't know. I, I feel bad um, for alliances that are wiped out of SOV. I know how that feels as an alliance. Uh, so you know we we've we've been there, done that, um, and I'm not I'm I'm not interested in getting involved in exterminations in any direction. And I I I I would resist it in in any direction because it just unless it's really needed, unless some, unless there's a group that's just so nasty inside the player base that we just can't have any kind of fun uh warfare then then i don't think it's warranted anywhere right yeah oddly enough of an alliance with no sov is bashing another alliance with sov and i don't know (laughs) i i just don't know much about that story to to really even comment as to like what's going on you know why they are even doing that and why they have such a beef in the veil I just don't know. I like I said. I think part of it is strategic, and then I think another part of it is is maybe a, a personal beef. And I, and certainly I know um, uh, Lunar was involved in the attack on the on the No Citadel that was dropped. And so it's my understanding. And again, forgive me, listeners. Don't be pissed <laughs> off at me if I'm misstating this because I I live in the South and I don't I only halfway know what's going on about anything up there, so I'm sorry if I misquote or anything. Uh, but I just feel like this is 
kind of a, a cycle of payback going back and forth over there. Mm. Um, and, but again, I think it's more, it's part of what I was saying earlier about regional warfare. Like I think we're seeing more regional warfare. Um, and I think Lunar is really being challenged in their region. Um, and we'll, we'll see how it goes. Cause I, yeah. I know they have a, a lot of support where they are and, um, and I, and they have a lot of resources and I know those guys really well. And I think generally speaking, they're, they're nice guys. And so, and I know they're hard workers and I know they've, they've put a lot together. So I feel like, uh, even if they lost Citadel's, uh, which they definitely did yesterday, that those are, those are just structures that can be rebuilt. You know, same thing with us, right? We, we lost our Citadel's. We couldn't play structures for a long time. Um, but we just kept building them in the background and we just rolled up our sleeves and said, okay, if we don't have SOP to defend, then we get to go live with, you now." <laughs> you know? Um, so, so I think, I think, I don't know if they're going to be in that position or not. I don't know. It's just too early to see whether this is um, a clapback or whether it's an actual uh, attempt to, to wipe them out, Yeah. which well, I think will get different response from the other alliances around them yeah. in terms of support. We shall see how that unfolds. <laughs> Months to come. We'll see. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So tell me, what's the future of GenFed looking like? Um, boy, I don't know. I, you know, if I, if you had asked me, uh, you probably did ask me the last time we talked, I, I probably wouldn't know. Um, I probably wouldn't have guessed we are where we are. Uh, so um, what are we, so right now our, our goals are to, uh, again, we're, we're looking, we're looking at and enjoying sort of more regional warfare, uh, where we can, we've got people in our own size range that, uh, that we're, we're brawling back and forth with, and we're having fun with that. No, no place is perfectly safe. No null sec place should be perfectly safe. It's part of the sort of fun and engagement of the game, a little bit of excitement here and there. So. Uh, we're we're enjoying that. Um, uh, we are definitely enjoying getting some time to do some of the farming and stuff that we uh, haven't been able to do. Um, in, in terms of making sure we've we're we're, we're properly geared, and I, I think we are for uh, for dreadnoughts when they come out and and everything else. Um, our, we're still uh, continuously placing citadels. It's funny we had so many citadels to to drop that. A lot of corporations are still, they want to drop them faster than I'll let them drop them. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, my DMs are constantly full of people like, oh, well, we want to drop here and there and this one and that one. And when can we do it? So I'm I'm trying to um, make sure that we've got good defensive forces. Anytime we do this, we, we certainly learned our lesson the hard way in terms of uh, willy-nilly dropping things. So, um, so that's right now we're just... Um, marking the places that we live and uh we are uh cleaning out a whole lot of mess in in our space um Faye in particular was one of the most fought over pieces of most of this war was about Faye. um and so it was really a fought over piece of territory and because of that it's just it's like purple right it's it's a, a mix of blue and red structures throughout and so we're we're 
engaged in constant daily warfare all the way around the clock. So, you know, our, our Germans and our Russians are fighting and, and at and U.S. night, our U.S. guys are fighting. And then, uh, you know, our Indonesian and uh, Korean and Chinese guys are fighting in, in Asian prime. And so we're just like around the clock, um, just clearing out our space. Yeah, still um, going at it. Yeah, so I think once that is complete and we've sort of settled down a little bit, it, it our goal is um, growth and structure and um, just kind of getting used to home ownership. <laughs> um, I I have to laugh because we're we're terrible homeowners. Like we everyone else has had SOV for so long, like the actual structure, the citadel structures. Uh, that they're all kind of bored with it now, but but we have our citadel structures, and we're this, these are like shiny new buildings. Like you know, where do we have to? We have to put fuel in what and where and how long and how much and right. what are all these buttons that we have to press and this kind of. So we're still we're actually just learning a, a piece of the game we didn't even know before. Um, and on top of that, you get the gravity wells and ore wells, nihilus. Oh space. yeah, yeah, those have been interesting too. Um, so I I think we're. I don't know. I, I think our future is much like our past. I mean, our goal is to enjoy good fights. We, we do. We like PvP a whole lot. Um, we we want to enjoy good fights. We want to have some, some, you know, warfare where, like, we don't, I, to me, the worst thing that this game could turn into is a bunch of canned hunts. I know everybody's excited about the tournament thing coming out, but I just, just makes me want to scream. Like, I don't want, I don't want, if I want canned or caged times for engagement, like tournaments and stuff, then I'll just go play a first person shooter, right? I don't want to play a game that's an unpredictable sandbox and, you know, have to, have to schedule my wars, right? Um, I, I want to, I want to be surprised and surprise other people and do things that are sort of fun and exciting that way. And, and so we're, we're trying to, in gen, what we're trying to do is balance our blues and reds and grays so that we still have some excitement, right? I, I talked to, <laughs> I talked to the hot guys again in Diplo and uh, we've, we've come up with a strategy that we're going to, we're going to see exactly how many guys we can get together in gen. And I think we agreed on, Reapers, maybe, as our ship of choice, and we're just gonna go. They're gonna build their first dreadnought, and we're gonna go kill it with a bunch of Reapers. E1 uh, Reapers. <laughs> yes, yes. And so, I mean, just like these are are you know, I want to I want to just and they're they're grace to us, right? Um, so, I don't know. I I want to be able to do fun things. Um, I want to be able to have completely unpredictable warfare, but also not the nasty stuff. And so that's, but we've always been that way. And so I don't, I don't see a big change from us. Um, what I can tell you is that, you know, we, we went through a hell of a fight and we went through a hell of a six months uh, and came out on top of that. And uh, one of the primary reasons we came out on top of that is because in the end we weren't alone. So, um, you know, Pantheon and Catch-22, uh, HHA, you know, all, all these these guys um, stepped up to the plate. Uh, and in the end, uh, SHH as well, but stepped up to the plate and helped us. Um, and so these are the things that that I think will drive what our choices are in the future. 
and what it is that we decide to do in the future. Uh, because it, it means so much to both myself and my pilots. Yeah. All right. Well, we're pushing the hour, so we'll probably just wrap it up from there. Got any closing thoughts and shout outs? Um, let me think. So uh, in terms of, of shout outs, my shout out number one always is to my guys, right? Uh, we've we got we have so many great people in Gen, and I, you know, you you asked me earlier if I was surprised whether uh, that was one of the most downloaded episodes, um, and then also asked me about um, people's response to it, some of the responses that we got, and you know, I think uh, the same thing which I've always said is, if people come into Gen and get to know us, uh, you they find that. It's actually just a really, really great group. It's a great group, great group of people, uh, and and just super diverse group of people. So, uh, my shout out is to them for being that great group of people. I would not do this with if it were not for them. I would not, I would not do all the things I do and lose the sleep and all that stuff if if it wasn't just an amazing group to do that for and such a great group to do that for. So, thank you guys so much for doing that. Thank you guys for trusting me to keep us going in the right direction uh, and then following in that direction too has just been tremendous. We have some new guys that joined us, uh, a lot of new guys that joined us, but um, I know one of the more difficult ones was uh, was Evo One and uh, XTC joining us out of OG. And I know they got a lot of grief and a lot of hate out of that. Um, but I just, I've they've just been tremendous to us and uh, tremendous to fly with. You you talked with with Weird Bob earlier <laughs> on your FC uh, p portion of this, and uh, they're just they they've been great. Like we just they fit mesh right in with us and just have been really great. So uh, that's been a pleasure and just so many great people to to uh, meet. And then the other shout out I would have is to uh, our, again to our allies, um, Pantheon in particular because. Like I said, we even yesterday, right? We had um, probably over the course of the entire day between the OG Citadel and the Bab one was a good six hours in comms with these guys, and we just they're just part of our family now. Um, and just everything they've done has just been so tremendous. It was funny because sorry, this is long, but <laughs> no was, worries. Go ahead. <laughs> it was it was funny because I got into what was it, it was. Um, when we were, we were fighting the OG uh, fight in one LTAC, and we had, you know, I don't know, maybe 12 guys or something from Pantheon that joined us for that in the channel, and they're like, "Mama, you need to, you need to take a screenshot of everybody who's in this Discord channel." And this kind of came from the Pantheon guys. You need to take a screenshot so that they can't say, "Oh, it was all Pantheon and Genesis didn't do anything," and blah blah blah. And I was like, I said. I started laughing and said, no way, man. If we blow this thing up, we're going to tell them that it was 100% a Pantheon operation because <laughs> we don't care about that. Like, um, it, it's, it, it's, it's like in many ways, uh, you know, we're, 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 we're different entities. We speak for ourselves, but, and we do our own things uh, a lot of times, but uh, when, when, the, when push comes to shove, um, we just have had each other's backs. And I, I just value that so tremendously. Um, so uh, then I guess in terms of shout outs, that's, that's 
probably it. <laughs> <laughs> I guess uh, actually the last thing would be all the people that we've been uh, back and forth had some really good fights with, even folks like Captain Benzie and stuff who just have been good sports and we get stuff blown up. Even OG came out and fought us. Like they didn't have to. We definitely had their citadel down. Like there was nothing they could do by the time they got on grid. Um, uh, but they came out and fought anyway. They didn't have to, but they did. And it was a good fight on all sides. And um, it was very exciting. And videos gone out with it. And it's all good. Like this, that's that's what I look forward to in warfare. And that's what I hope we can continue doing, no matter what side of the fence that we're on. Awesome. Totally awesome. And uh, I appreciate you coming on the show again. It's always a pleasure to to speak with you, get your insight, and just to have a conversation with you. And uh, I I hope the best for you out in uh, out in the galaxy. And uh, I want an invite to your parade. So uh, <laughs> let me know when that is. You have what you have it. So uh, thank you for for just letting me be on your show and and chatting and stuff too. I know that. Uh, you're, you you have a great show here and people just just love it that's why my fcs were were going on to rambo's show uh so <laughs> it's 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 been a really great uh, service to the community for this for doing this you know i may not agree with the stuff that gets said here i know a lot of people don't agree with the stuff i say uh but you you let people say what they what what you know how they feel about things and so i i, I value that and i think a lot of the community does so thank you for that and thank you Alrighty then. Well, fly safe and uh, I'll talk to you again. Thank you. You too. Well, that wraps it up for this week. If you like the show, please review it on Apple Podcasts or on my Discord. I want to know your feedback. For those that have reached out to me, I thank you. Also, please come join my Discord, where you can submit your very own corp ad. You can come by to show support and hang out. I also need more topics for the roundtable. You can tell me there, and uh, I'll leave that link in the description. And if you want even more Eve Echoes news and a deeper dive into what's going on in the galaxy, go check out Damon Zell over on YouTube, uh, his show Echoes from the Front where he goes over game news, gets juicy alliance drama, talks about battles, much more. Well, thank you everybody for listening. Take care, fly safe, and I'll see you next week.